You're listening to Royalty, a podcast where we discuss all the latest royal family drama, obsess over Meghan Markle, gossip about love and romance, and just generally live vicariously through their bougie lives. This week, we decided to lighten it up a little bit, since last week was a, a bit more of a serious episode sure, of sure, mental sure, health. Sure. Um, so, we're not people to do anything halfway. So we really lightened it up, and we are going to review uh, the movie that is just making headlines. Been making headlines for a couple, couple of years, years now, and is the movie that will not go away. It's Netflix's A Christmas, Christmas Prince. Prince. <laughs> so. Now, I will say, if you haven't seen the movie yet, probably put pause on this. Go watch it. Just watch the first one. Yes. We should mention that there are three now. There are three. One is not... One will be out the day I think this comes, comes out. Um, but just go watch the first one just so you can be part of the fun. Um, and then come back and listen. Yes. <laughs> um, we should... A l- little bit of a synopsis. Uh, the movie centers around uh, Christmas coming early for an aspiring young journalist when she's sent abroad to get the scoop on a dashing prince who's poised to be king. Already a fucking great synopsis. Oh, yeah. I mean, we just said there were spoilers, but also if you haven't seen this, I mean, I think you can guess what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, It's directed by Alex Zam, and the screenplay was by Nathan Atkins and Karen Shaler. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. One thing I will say Mm -hmm. um, is that I know, just because of my job, that Karen Shaler has herself a very interesting backstory. Oh. Um, I'm so excited to hear this. Breaking news. Breaking news. Um, so she actually wrote, or she came up with the story for this because she herself was an investigative reporter, not writing about the royals, but she was in Bosnia and Afghanistan working as a war reporter. <laughs> I'm sorry. Which that has you... nothing to do with this movie. It has nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> But I find it to be so interesting that, like, someone who was in that serious of a position, you have to be a serious person to be a war reporter. Yes, I feel like this is a classic case of somebody has PTSD and needed to lighten the mood. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, But in general, um, she said that she saw how the media was chasing after celebrities Mm. and the royals and she thought it was wrong. Um, And so that's kind of where the inspiration for this came. I mean, if anything, I think this movie, like, really makes me feel motivated to go uh, be an undercover reporter and try to bag myself a prince. (laughs) I think I love her intention. Yeah. But I think she might have created a new problem. I I definitely think that it's interesting (laughs) that that was the perspective because I think this movie is, like, so interesting on so many levels. Yeah. First, we should say this movie came out, I think, two or three years ago? Yes. And the year that it came out... I, which, I love this. It fucking blew up. Like, it was the one of the most, like, covered stories that we covered at work because people were watching it 
so frantically and we're so obsessed with it. Erica works at Bustle for anybody who's trying to follow this conversation. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and like ever since then, every single year, they've released a sequel to it. It's just become such an internet craze. Yes. So the first one is called A Christmas Prince. Mm-hmm. Then the next one is about the wedding. And this year, so it's actually released two days after this airs. Okay. It's A Christmas Baby. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. Um, one thing that I really love about it is Daily Beast wrote <laughs> a really scathing review of it about why people are obsessing over it. And they specifically called it um, Porn for Dummies. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious because they don't. Do they even? Oh yeah, they kiss. That's yeah. it. Well, there's a lot of moments where they almost kiss. Like so, so many, so many moments where they almost kiss. So many. Um, I also really loved it because uh, that first year after it went viral, there <laughs> was a huge like scandal that happened on the internet because I love this story. Netflix tweeted. So it's on Netflix's platform. Yeah, it's an, and it's a Netflix original. Yes. Um, and Netflix had tweeted after it went viral to the 53 people who watched A Christmas Prince every day for the past 18 days who hurt you. Which I think is hilarious. I think it's hilarious too to think of people who watched this movie. I don't think I've ever loved a movie so much that I've watched it every day for 18 days. No, but it's also, look, my standards are lower for Christmas movies, because I'm like, just show me some hot chocolate, some, like, almost kisses, and some nice Christmas decorations, or not nice Christmas decorations, and I'm in, because my standards are low for Christmas movies. Yeah. But yes, agreed, whoever watched this particular Christmas movie for 18 days straight, I do want to know who hurt you. <laughs> What happened that made you, like, this is like a lifeline people are watching. Yeah. They're like, I can. It's struggling bloggers. I feel like it's struggling bloggers being like, someday I'll marry a prince. Wow. And my life won't be a struggle. Oh, that's so sad and dark. But she's a struggling blogger. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I we'll guess... get into this after because we will review it. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's, we can start getting into it if we want. Um... Hold on, let me see what this is really quick, because I, my, okay, yeah, so I feel like this sums it up. There's, there was another tweet that I really loved, um, from someone whose handle is, um, at shutupbrendis. And <laughs> Clearly a great source. <laughs> they said, takeaways from A Christmas Prince. I hated it so much. I can't wait for the sequel. You bet your ass I'm watching it again before Christmas. And there really is, like, such a weird culture around this movie where, like, we all know it's bad. Totally. And yet, I've watched it more than once. That's so funny. Do you think you would watch it again? This was your first time watching it, right? Yes. Although, I had to question it a couple of times because I was, like, I kept knowing what was going to happen. Or, like, I was, like, maybe I have seen this. And then I finally realized, like, you haven't seen this. It's just, like, you fully know what's going to happen. Totally. Like, I was like, oh, check, check, check. Like, now this is going to happen. Okay, yeah. And we should mention, like, this is, like you said, like, not not an original movie in any way. Like, Hallmark definitely invented. Yeah, there's the, an entire like, cheesy industry based yeah. on silly Christmas me- movies. Romantic yeah. Christmas movies. 
Candace Burr has made a living from it. Completely. That's her name, right? Um, I think most Candace people would Cameron know Burr. her as Candace Cameron, but her real name is Candace Cameron Burr. Yeah. Um, so, anybody who doesn't want us to spoil it for the last bailout time, because <laughs> we're going to get into it. <laughs> okay. So, the first thing that I loved about this movie is mm-hmm. that just off the top, yes. Um, to set up some background, uh, the main character is a girl named Amber. Mm-hmm. The context is immediately confusing because she's in what seems to be a media office. Yes. Chasing down, I would imagine, another writer or editor. I think she's a story editor. Yeah. But in this, or that's what they called her, Mm -hmm. in this particular setup, she doesn't get to write anything herself. She just has to do mop jobs, Mm -hmm. I believe she refers to them later, and clean up more established writers' sloppy work. Which... Is I that haven't a thing? worked in very many media companies, but from the exposure I have, that is not a job. <laughs> the people who are editors are like good writers, and they can write stories and do write stories. Not to mention, immediately after she has this interaction, she like sits at her desk and is talking about how she's like just a freelance writer. And I was like, you, why are you in this office then? I don't understand what your role is. She's, like, simultaneously saying that she's just, like, some freelance investigative reporter, but then she also works in this office. I know this is a stupid, minute thing to, like, oh, no. harp I wrote, on, but it's so strange to me. Nothing like a New York Christmas opening. <laughs> and, oh, geez, an unappreciated writer wants to become a real journalist through being a blogger. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. And yet so great at the same yes. time. Like, her boss is just, like, has the most crazy accent. I do love that a lot of the, like, what's surrounding, surrounding characters, characters supporting have very strange accents that don't last the entire movie. Oh, yeah. They're all over the board. Even once we get to Aldovia, which <laughs> long live all these crazy fake royal names, royal places... Um, they've all got different accents. All of them. Every single one of them. There is not two people who are speaking the same. And you're like, I maybe that's intentional. So we're like, where are we? <laughs> I mean, I wondered that also just thinking like, we know so many actors in LA. Like, why couldn't they just choose one accent and cast people based on who could do that accent well? Because then it wouldn't be a Christmas prince. <laughs> Even like the movie is based, or the movie starts out based in New York. Yeah. And to me, I don't know if you had the same impression. The father, who is the most hilarious character oh. in the whole movie. Yes. Diner dad. Yeah. He like manages a diner and he. I think he owns it, doesn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. He owns the diner. Yeah. And he has like a seemingly really thick like Boston accent in the beginning. But by the end of the movie, that accent is almost completely gone. Like, it's unrecognizable. Once he delivers the line, gotta take a risk if you're gonna win, that (laughs) accent leaves. Completely. Um, But it was just funny. It was like, we, like, unappreciated, struggling writer, check. New York, check. Weird, like, royal family. (laughs) Sorry, my water bottle's making a weird sound. Um, Aldovia, check. 
And then, de- like, dead mom, check. Like, it was yeah. just, it checked all of the things. All the boxes. A dad giving her, like, one-liners. Yeah. Calling her peanut. I was like, <laughs> check. Um, yeah, it was so funny. And then once, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about the beginning, but I love, like, once we get there, at first, when I see the castle, they've got, like, this big like drone shot of like a beautiful castle. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a dream. And then it gets closer and we see the Christmas decorations (laughs) and we've got to keep talking about the Christmas decorations because I was like, what middle school track team did they hire to decorate this thing? Because it's just so unelegant and weird. So weird. Like not a theme. No. I was like, what's happening with the decorations? It's, like, beyond small budget. It's, like... But to the point where I was, like, kill all the lights. Just get rid of all of it. Put a, put all your money into a couple beautiful wreaths and let's call it a day. Yeah, right. Just make it, like, very simple and elegant. Yes. But um, it, it looks like a middle school dance. And everybody just so brought funny. their parents' leftover decorations yeah. and stuck them on a castle. I mean, I wonder if, to an extent, that was the case where they just were like, we ran on a budget. Everybody just bring whatever decorations you have left over and we'll, and we'll decorate it out. a castle. That's I'm going to keep that story. That's what happened. <laughs> um, I love that once she gets to. So the movie goes on with her trying to go get this scoop at this press conference that they're doing but yeah. that gets canceled mysteriously and i don't know if we mentioned this but she gets the assignment because none of the other journalists are available which fa- feels so like unimaginable that all yeah. of these reporters would be like i don't want to take this royal Huge story scoop. but i guess it is on christmas which yeah. also feels like who's gonna make i don't sure. feel like it's uncommon that like investigative reporters would be working on christmas though oh i'm talking about she gets sent because they have to name the new king. Yeah. By Christmas. Right. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about this movie is so good because they make no effort to try to justify everything. Like, no, they, they just do ex- crazy stuff and you just have to accept it. They know exactly what they are. Yeah. And they just push it to the limit. Push it to the limit. So... The conference gets canceled, Mm -hmm. and she decides to just go sneak around, and lo and behold, there's just two guys, workers, who are just walking through the side door, and with no problem at all, she sneaks in too. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, and we'll touch on this later, but this whole movie should just be one big ad for home security. 100%. I also love, so she finally gets into the castle, sneaking in after these guys, and she's taking pictures on her phone. But my whole question is like, what are you taking pictures of? Because she just keeps moving it about an inch, and she's in a hallway, and she's just snapping (laughs) pictures. And I was like, what? What does this have to do with the story you're trying to build? You know? Here's a picture of a curtain, and here's one of a photo. (laughs) Yeah. Story done. It's so good. Then she runs into someone who works there, and of course, you think she's going to get busted. Yeah. But that person just assumes that she's the nanny or... American tutor. The American tutor, who's supposed to come two weeks from this point. Yes. After the holidays, the beginning of the new year. And they do no vetting of this person. She just goes, yes, that's me. And they're not like... 
And then they give her a room in the castle. There's no filling out paperwork. No. They didn't ask for her social security. No driver's licenses were held out. Also, they hired this person without seeing her photo? Exactly. It's... Only in Aldovia. (laughs) (laughs) The security in this movie is so dangerously loose. No wonder the prince is scared to become king. Of he, course. He might lose his life. And it's, it's a, a valid concern. It's a liability to live in that house because it's unsecured <laughs> in every way. Just willy-nilly people <laughs> coming in and they give them their own bedroom. <laughs> um, I also really love, like, almost immediately when she meets the queen and the prince... She has that moment where she breaks the statue, and I was like, oh, oh yes. of course, she needs to be a klutz. Yeah. Which, I meant to keep a better eye out for this, and I forgot, because there's so much happening in the movie. But it's not like her being a klutz has any resolution in the movie. You know, like, it's not no. like it leads to anything. So it's like, why does she need to be this klutzy person? She just needed to break that Ming vase. <laughs> it's, but even that served no purpose. No, it never comes back. Um, I do love that. So the prince has been off on this journey and gallivanting. Mm-hmm. And he needs to um, decide whether or not he's going to be king. And He probably was taking care of his mental health, which plugged to our last episode if you didn't listen. <laughs> yeah, he was just like backpacking and... Spending time surfing on beaches, which was great for his yeah. mental health. But I love that their meet cute is him stealing her cab. And she's <laughs> angry at him. And I'm like, oh, hates the person off the bat. Check. Um, and then his little sister. So the prince, the older prince who's supposed to become king. Yeah. Has a little sister. And she tells him he looks like a derelict Santa Claus, which, <laughs> in his beard, which I thought was very little sisterly of her. Yeah. And then she also points out that they still have the, like, only a male blood heir. Yeah. Which made me a little disappointed because much like Charlotte, the little sister Emily in this is just a little firecracker who yeah. I was like, I want to see you be queen. Totally. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, I I felt a lot of Charlotte vibes from her. Like, I think that was completely the inspiration from that character. Okay. Wouldn't you imagine? I was just trying to think when they would have made this and how old Charlotte would have been. I guess. I just mean in her spirit. Because Charlotte has always been known for being kind of like a rebel since she was like very, very little, I feel like. Tis true. Tis true. Tis true. Um, I really adored how much Amber's character just quickly jumps into being very casual and chummy with the prince and princess oh yeah it's quick can you imagine like us hearing stories about a royal tutor just like being very casual with these people also she wears converse throughout the entire (laughs) thing which made me laugh throughout the entire thing also as somebody who's lived in a cold climate you are not wearing converse it's too cold yeah it is too cold for that nonsense she's like sledding in converse no who's doing that no (laughs) not to mention it is never addressed there is okay there's one line at the very end i think that addresses it but throughout the whole movie it's never addressed like how is she being clothed she didn't bring a suitcase with her. She said she would, they offered to send somebody to the inn to get her bags. And uh-huh. she said, no, I'll go get it. So apparently 
in a time that we did not see on screen. She went back to the inn, got her bags. But she wasn't planning to stay there for two weeks. And she's dressed very nice throughout the whole movie. She was planning on staying there for two weeks. She was? I thought she was just there to get the scoop and then leave. No, because there was, it was just a press conference to okay. say whether or not he would accept the kingdom okay. ship, and then she would have had to stay for the actual announcement. There's so much happening, it's hard to follow all the plot lines sometimes. You know what's upsetting to me? That what? I've tracked all the plot lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset that I can explain this right now. <laughs> I'm struggling to remember, and maybe you'll remember this. I wrote a quote down. I think it's when we meet Simon, the cousin. Uh-huh. But someone says, where there's a tiara, there's dirt. Trust me. I also have this quote, and it was going to be the next thing I talked about. It is not with Simon. It's when she FaceTimes her two oh. co-workers back into New York. Yes. And she's like, but he's a nice guy, and what am I going to do? And they're like, that her sassy gay co-worker is like, where there's yes. a tiara, there's dirt. Trust me. What's that even mean? I don't know, but I want it on a t-shirt, and I'm going to say it for life. Oh, my God. If I'm sure if someone's already made that shirt, and if they haven't, that's a million-dollar business proposition. Yeah. Oh my I goodness. almost wanted on like a headband. Um, yeah, completely. <laughs> a Kate headband. Yeah. Um, the friends, I didn't write any specific notes about this, but the friends are crazy. Like at one point, <laughs> yes. <laughs> at one point, she's trying to like figure out the, because she's supposed to be the tutor, and she's yeah. trying to figure out the math that uh-huh. she has to tutor this girl on. And. One of the friends says something that's, like, so crazy. I wish I would have written it down. She's like, just, like, take a deep breath and, like, trust the universe. or something. Like, she's like, says something that's completely bonkers. It was like they ha- they didn't know what these two side characters needed to be. <laughs> and they were like, think of the craziest lines. Even if it's, like, totally against character and let's just feed it to them. There's zero character development for the No character development. And also the only, like, diversity we see on screen at all. Completely. I almost wonder if that was the problem, was they were like, oh, shit. It's, you know, 20, I think this was in 2017 or 2018. Yeah. And they were like, oh, my God. We have to, these are all white people. We have to put. It's all white straight people. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like, throw these people in. (laughs) Um... I don't know if you have anything after that. I do. I I wanted to talk about the wolf. So she follows the prince (laughs) and falls off her horse and then is by herself and can't figure out where she is. To which I wanted to say, you rode in on a horse. And that's a lot of tracks, man. Follow the tracks. Okay, hold on. Back home. (laughs) Follow the tracks. She also, like, talks about... She talks to the horse. Like, I hope you know where you're going. Uh Uh-huh. That's... That's not how people ride horses. That is not a good plan for horseback riding. You lead the horse. The horse is not a carrier pigeon. That's what the reins are for. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to back up because I did have two things before that. Yes. Um, First of all, between the where there's a tiara, there's dirt, and the horses. Yeah. That's when the princess discovers Amber's real identity. That's true. And... She's so casual about it. Like, yeah. So the princess discovers her real name mm-hmm. and that she's a journalist. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, your name's actually Amber. Like, she knows she's a journalist and here to get scoop on her brother. And she's like, 
I won't reveal the truth to anyone. As long as you write a nice story about my brother. <laughs> it's like, what in the world? Why would you just be like, yeah, cool. You're undercover. Great. This seems like a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. And just loves the friend. She loves her because, what, she takes her outside? Yeah. Because at one point, Amber's like, why are you helping me? Which, actually, Amber, that is the most valid question you ask the (laughs) entire movie. (laughs) And our princess Emily is like, because you treat me like a normal kid. Yeah. And it's like, oh, God. I mean, I love how much the whole thing revolves around the fact that which, I don't know, I've never had any kind of, like, physical disabilities, so maybe this is a thing. So we have to back up. So yeah. Princess Emily has spina bifida. Yeah, so she's... She's in a wheelchair. In a or wheelchair or has, like... Crutches. Yeah. Um, and I don't know anything about spina bifida, which I probably should have looked up before this podcast, as to what it does to your body. But she... All I know from Emily is, I have spina bifida, there is no cure... I wish I was a normal kid. But and we don't really get any pictures of anyone treating her differently. No, I think everybody treats her kind of... But she keeps going back to like, I'm not normal. But no one else is putting that on her. And she's a very smart, spunky young girl. She is. And I mean, yes, her mother seems to be protective, but she seems overly protective of both of them. I mean, overly protected in a sense, but then also just lets whoever into the house. It's true. And also, like, they disappear and go on adventures, like sledding and horseback riding. They're shooting arrows in the backyard. And it's like... There's not a lot of guidance going on here. No. There's no, like, (laughs) hovering happening. Yeah. She is not a helicopter parent. No. Um, That being said... (laughs) There is that great scene where Amber decides to take her sledding yes which i don't think i think it's established that neither of them have sledded before which if you're new to sledding you would go on like a baby hill so that it's a nice fun time but then when they go down they take a forward shot of how it looks when they're going down the hill and it's like a mountain i mean (laughs) maybe even you would go on a mountain i just can't believe that emily has never been sledding before yeah And then they have, like, a crash, and she thinks that she's killed Emily, and Emily, like, pranks her. But I just was like, it's so bizarre to me that they would go down this huge mountain. Like, it's like a scary skiing-looking mountain. Yes. Not like a sweet, like, first-time sledding mountain. I mean, you're just on a sled. I I might do the down the big hill. Just be thinking, this seems fun, and then realizing maybe it was steeper than it should be. Really? If you're responsible for a princess... Oh, yeah. I forgot about the responsibility factor. <laughs> I was just thinking about, like, do-do-do, I'm on my own. It just seemed so, like, yeah. crazy to me. And this then is of, fair. Yeah. And then, of course, we had that great horse scene. Snowball fight. Has to happen. Has to happen. They're falling in love by mm-hmm. throwing snowballs at each other. And then, um, I do love both the prince and the princess have the lines, you just think I'm a spoiled little rich kid. Yeah. And I was like... <laughs> I mean, now I do. <laughs> I thought I hadn't answered my head until now. At that point in my uh, notes, I wrote so many near kiss moments. Yes, because then they go to this cabin, and um, 
Well, no. First, she gets lost in the woods yeah. by following him. And this wolf comes and attacks her. So bizarre. It's so clearly. It's like a friendly wolf. And then they've, like, CGI'd <laughs> this weird mouth, like, quivering. It's like, like it's yeah. growling at her. You just have to watch it. It's And pretty. she just sits on the ground. She just, she is standing. But she goes to a crouching position. And then she sits. And I'm like, that seems like not a smart thing That's to do. That's the worst thing you could do, I'm yes. sure. Yes. And then he saves her yeah. by shooting a gun into the air. And the wolf And then they scared. go to the cabin. He has his epic line of, you think I'm a spoiled little rich kid? And it's like, no, I think you just saved her from a wolf. Yeah. So cool, dude, because she was about to curl up and like let it eat her. Yeah. And also the wolf wouldn't be alone. Um, <laughs> details. Um, but then they find this like riddle. This mysterious riddle that the king left. This made me a little mad because this seems like a very important thing that you are making a riddle of, sir. And like, who makes decrees over your kingdom? Yeah. In a riddle. In code. In a magical desk that has secret compartments. Yeah. And then stuffs it in an acorn. Right. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Which I had forgotten about the acorn. And so when they were talking about the decoration in the beginning of the movie, I was like, why are they spending so much fucking time talking about this stupid decoration? It doesn't even look that good. It's supposed to be like a handcrafted ornament. I know. That was probably brought by the craft services guy yeah. from home. Oh my gosh. Then, of course, we find out the major twist. Yes. Which is that he's adopted. Whoa. Whoa. Which I have so many questions about. Because, and maybe they addressed this and I missed it, but if they were a royal family, how would she go from not being pregnant to having a baby? Well, do you remember how there was all that speculation about Megan's bump being fake and she was holding on to it because it was actually a fake bump? And then there was this weird video circulating where she stands up and there's a popping sound, but I don't know if the popping sound was like added later. Anyway, there's this whole conspiracy theory that Megan was never pregnant and she had a surrogate. So I guess if we applied the same logic, then she would have had a fake bump and then pretended the baby was hers. Hmm. But they don't address it in the movie, They don't address it. Well, that was the first question I had in terms of just like... Okay, so he's adopted, but we never touch on this very major thing. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I just love that, like, sh- it's just, like, this folder of, like, random documents. Like, his old name, and then his changed name. And then the adoption papers, which just flat out have huge heading adoption papers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, I mean, <laughs> fair, I guess. Like, um, we gotta And then the story she along. takes it. Which I was like, why would you take it right. and leave it in your bedroom? Because Especially when she's been so adamant about just taking photos of things. I know. You've got a cell phone. You were taking pictures of the curtains. Like crazy. Take a picture of the document and, and leave, leave it, them. ma'am. Oh, my god. They gosh. let anybody into this castle, which they do. Yeah. Because she steals the documents, has them in her room. And then... Tells her co-workers who are like, you have to break the story. And then she's like, I don't know. So she calls her dad, who gets to, like, utter this line. Gotta listen to your heart, Peanut. It'll always tell you the truth. Which is not true. Your heart lies to you sometimes. It really does. (laughs) But anyway, 
And then, of course, so we, we should have mentioned there's this, like, cousin Simon who, because of the, like, male bloodline, is next in line. Yeah. And so he is vying for that throne. And he finds the papers. Which we also have to mention, it's established that for some reason, an adopted son cannot become the heir to the throne, even if that's the king's wish. Well, no, because they don't know it's the king's witch. It's just the bloodline. But that's what I'm saying is, like, yeah. they're making such a big deal out of the bloodline. But obviously, like, that was the king's wish. It's clear that that right. was the king's wish. 100%. Though, I mean, he what? did it in a very roundabout way. He left a riddle in an acorn. So, like, that's on him. <laughs> it just feels crazy to me. The whole thing. What am I even trying to say? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so, like, here are some other weird things. The royal graveyard, very disappointing. It is like a few little gravestones with a rickety brass fence around it. Yeah. That's fine. He goes to talk to Daddio and apologize because he was fighting with him. And then we get to the makeover scene. Because Which... while he's talking to Dad, apologizing, this is the, the adopted prince, um, our spunky little princess Emily is giving our dear Amber the makeover that we all needed. I just love, too, that, like, she, like, it's, like, such a given that there's gonna be a makeover scene, even though they've already kissed at that point, right? And there's no... No, they've only had almost kisses. I thought they kissed... They do end up kissing in the cabin or something? No. He hears something, he has to leave. They have, like, three almost kisses. I just remember writing down, like, I don't understand. They never set up a need for a makeover scene, per se, because she's, there's already clearly an attraction between them. Yes, but she has to go to the ball, and she doesn't have the right clothes. So her little sidekick, Emily, who knows she's a journalist, is like, I got you, boo. Here are some people to do your hair and makeup. And they also have gowns. Yeah. I can understand the, like, need to get her ready for the ball, but they very specifically say that it's going to be a makeover. She doesn't need a makeover. No. She's a very attractive woman. She is, but she gets one, and she gets her staircase moment, because every princess needs a staircase moment. Which, that in itself is so funny, because this is supposed to be for his coronation, correct? Yeah. And why is he already at the party, and she's showing up last? She needs to make an entrance. It's so good. Also, like, when he goes over to talk to her, he, like, leaves talking to the prime minister, and then they just wander off, and who knows where they're going. It seems like such a random direction. Yep. Um, but he I did... He also, really quick, when she yes. comes down the stairs, he talks to her, and he, she's like, everyone's looking at me. And it's like, yeah, you're the last person. You're late. In... Yeah, you're late. Also, you're just a tutor. No one knows why you're there. And he tries to be like, it's because you look perfect. And it's like, no, that's not why everyone's looking at her. You made an entrance. There is somebody else who has a great line in that moment, which I was like, this is so offensive in so many ways. (laughs) So this Sophia character who used to date the prince and then sold a story to the tabloids. And so now she likes his cousin who's trying to get the crown. Try to keep up, guys. (laughs) Looks at her and Simon, the guy who's vying for the crown, is like, oh, she looks good. And Sophia goes, it's like lipstick on a pig. Yeah. Rude. So ma'am. rude. So rude. Oh, my goodness. Um, but And again, she's got her converse on, which she has to show everybody. Gotta like, show the converse. Look at me in my dress and my makeup, but it's still me, guys, because I'm wearing my inappropriate footwear. 
Not to mention, she's been through the snow, she's been all over town with these Converse, and they still look perfect. They still look clean. They should still be wet from the snow fight. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, okay, wait. This next part, it's also about the Christmas decorations. But we need to talk, there is a shot, and it's dramatic, and it's showing his throne. Oh my gosh. And behind the throne, which is like a rickety chair, like I feel like they could have found a better throne, Yeah, are these twinkle lights that are just (laughs) hanging behind it. Yeah. And I'm like, who looked at that shot? And we're like, yeah. That's good. That looks kingly. It's a long shot, too. It's not long. just, like, a quick shot of him looking at the thing. It's, like, this is the throne. It, like, pans up and down those little twinkle lights. Like, oh it's it's a little frat party <sighs> All right. I'm sorry. Whoever did the set design for this, we understand you didn't have a lot of money. It's so wild. So, it's revealed that he's adopted. Mm-hmm. He storms out. We see that she's going home. Yes. She gets her airport scene, but he doesn't run after her. I was waiting for that. I did think it was funny. It was revealed that she was lying about who she was. And she's not going to get arrested or go to jail? No, she just goes to the airport. (laughs) And then we have the scene with the queen and the prince. Yes. Which is so funny because she's, like, insinuating, like, I suppose you'll leave us now. Yeah. You're... Still his mom. Just because he's adopted doesn't mean that he's just going to, like, leave. She was thinking he wanted an excuse to leave, and this gives him an excuse. He's not the bloodline, right? It gives him an excuse to not be king, but not to not not be family. Can we also talk about the way they were looking at each other? Did you find it not mother-sonly? I don't remember. All right. Did you feel like it was too... I was like... Sexy? It was a little too, like... Sexy for me. I mean, not that this was sexy at all, but I was like, there was weird vibes happening. Or like, maybe she just looked at him a tad too long, or like, interesting. And maybe it was their pose. It just didn't feel motherly to me. I was like, yeah. I'm getting weirded out by this scene. Maybe that's the fourth movie. Maybe it is a very incest Christmas. Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm sorry, <laughs> but of course, somehow by yeah. some stroke of luck. You know, she's talking to her dad on the phone again mm-hmm. and has a revelation to the, you know, one of the very first moments in the in the castle. It's the acorn. It's totally the acorn. She's got to get back in there and see the acorn. Why wouldn't the king leave a very important decree in an acorn? The most important decree that makes him king. <laughs> yeah. He stopped in a handmade Christmas present. With no explanation. Just a riddle. Yep. That was in a diary. Not even a hint that you need to open the acorn. I don't know why anyone would at any point think to open the acorn. They say he was a good ruler, but the judgment on this one decision alone really makes me question no, that. It's it's a bad idea. Yeah. So anyway, she saves the day. Goes back to New York to fulfill her blogging dreams. The other thing that I found very interesting was that after he's coronated, yes, and Simon is so mad, mm-hmm. he like says something about like, "Oh, we're gonna fight this. Like this yeah. isn't gonna stand." 
And Sophia, and he's like, you know, me and my wife. And Sophia makes some kind of comment about like, oh, you're going to have to get us divorced first. And I was like, when did you even get married? Oh, they got married at town hall immediately before the coronation. So they get married and then they demand that they bring everybody back for a quorum, even though it's Christmas Day and the queen must be there. So they had gotten married Mm -hmm, that day. I don't mind. And then he was like, we're going to fight this with all the lawyers. And her comment is, well, one of the lawyers better handle our divorce because, spoiler alert, she only wanted to marry him to be queen. Yeah. I mean, just that storyline alone of how quickly she goes from trying to win back the prince to just suddenly being married to Simon. Oh, she only wants to marry the guy. I felt her intention was very clear. She just wants to be queen. It was, but it's so weird that, like... There's just zero conflict in that. Like, Simon doesn't seem like it's problematic. He's not sad. The prince doesn't, like, be like, you're a bitch. You know, like, no one is pointing out how terrible terrible this is. is. No. Um, I also love that when we get back to New York and she's written this piece about the prince and she presents it to her editor, which you would think that the editor would be like, this is incredible. You snuck into The the palace and made out with him. Yeah, and took this very misunderstood figure and cracked a case and wrote this story. That's a major story. Even if it was soft, like, you took this misunderstood person and you put him in a new light. Right. And the editor is like, this is thoughtful, mature, well-written, and it's just a puff piece. And it's like, how is this thoughtful and mature and a puff piece? Also, she solved the acorn case, which that alone I would read, because <laughs> what was happening there? I'll stop talking about the acorn, but I just think it Never was a bad decision. Never stop talking about the acorn. That should have been the, the, the title. article. The mystery of the acorn. Yeah. I mean, she could write a whole book. This shouldn't have just been one SEO post. No, that seems silly. <laughs> But anyway, she quits her job, goes to work for her dad in a diner. And, like, it's very cute that her friends are at the diner, and they're like, you wrote that piece on your blog, and look, it's got 20,000 likes. And they show a shot of the phone, which is just the blog. It's like, how do you know that it got 20,000 likes? And also, they're like, this is blowing up. I'm like, this is crazy. You would not go from getting turned down by one editor and then publishing it independently on your blog. You would sell that to another another media company. She's not savvy, Erica. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She is not savvy. How did this girl wind up in New York? <laughs> but she's working for her dad in the diner. And she's like, we're supposed to buy this. She's a New Yorker. Yeah. Like, she was born and raised. I don't buy it. Um, And then the prince throws a snowball. And doesn't just come to, like, make out with her. No, of course not. He wants to propose to her... With a very weird ring. Yeah. It is very weird. And it also is like... I wanted an acorn diamond. That's what I wanted. Oh, that would have been good. A diamond ring that was kind of like a silhouette of an acorn. Like in a tasteful way. You know what I mean? Then I would have been like, yes. You know, the symbolism of it, her cracking the acorn being the beginning of... A beautiful future, like Mm -hmm. an oak tree. But no, No, it was some weird blue colored gem surrounded by I don't know what. 
It was very strange. And I like that she was seemingly asking all the right questions. Of like, we don't know each other. And is this a good idea? But I then can't gives give up my blogging career. Yeah, and my father is here. It's like, girl, what are you talking about? Stick with the first question. You don't know each other. You don't know each other. But then she gives all of that up suddenly to be yeah. like, yes, let's do it. Which, I mean, like, maybe do it for the story for a year and then see where you're at. But... <laughs> You've got to get those blog posts. you got to get those clicks, 20,000 people are, they're relying on they're you. They're relying on it. It's um, truly a stunning it is. piece of work. All that being said, I'd watch it again. See? <laughs> That's what's crazy. But I have to wait until I forget about the acorn piece because it's really bothersome for me. <laughs> I like that that's really where you're getting hung up. It is. Truly, the two moments that I got hung up on were the twinkly lights behind the throne Mm -hmm. and the acorn. You know, it's interesting to me because I started doing a little bit of Googling after watching the movie again. Yeah. Just because I was like, this movie has done so well. Yes. It's a movie that is on, like, almost every single, like, aggregated post of, like, Mm -hmm. what movies you need to watch this Christmas. It's on all of them. Of course it is. It's done well enough that Netflix continues to make sequels, and I guarantee you they'll make another one next year. Oh, yeah. And it made me wonder, like, why do we love bad movies? We love... It's the fantasy. We There are two kind of genres where we'll put up with a lot of bullshit. And it's Christmas and rom-coms. Yeah. And I think it's because we just want to believe that there is an alternate universe where things are simple mm-hmm. and solved by like missed kisses and snowball fights. Totally. And somebody that we barely know is going to be perfect for us and sweep us off our feet and life is going to become easy and princess-like. Yeah. And everything will be happily ever after. And the same is for the Christmas movies. We just want to believe that everything's going to work out, and at the end of the day, we're going to drink hot cocoa and eat cookies and have a good time. I think you're right about that. I think it's like, that is the way we indulge our fantasies and indulge the wish for things to just be, like, easy and black and white. Yeah. And not complicated and gray and messy and everything that's real. Because nothing about Christmas or relationships is that clear cut. No. I did also find an article on the cut um, by Adam Kovac called The Psychological Appeal of Truly Terrible Movies, Mm. which was about... The Room, which I don't know. I haven't seen The Room. I don't know if you've seen it. Yes, I have. Um, And so it's like... It's not related specifically to this, but I did think that it was interesting. At one point, they talk about um, just, like, how there can be um, an intensification of, like, the emotional experience when you know that other people are relating to this. And they talked a lot about, like, this mean-spirited exercise that kind of unites us when we hate on something so bad and so you watch something that you know everyone else is hating and it makes you feel connected to people yeah my my theory on the room is like that is a a movie that's mostly beloved by film nerds yeah and i would say primarily male film nerds yeah and i think it's a way that like 
it's not a good piece of movie making. It's a way that people feel better about themselves. And I think these are sort of separate because I do think there's a little bit of mean-spiritedness involved in that. Yeah. And I think when it comes to, like, Christmas and rom-com movies, they're... The desire for, like, that wish fulfillment is bigger than the desire of feeling better than somebody. I think with The Room, there's, like, I feel better than you because that's a piece of shit movie. I understand that. Do you know what I mean? I did find myself going back and forth during the movie, though, and feeling, like, this, like, weird sense of, like, this is so stupid. I'm aware that this is stupid. But at the same time, having this, like, weird, warm, fuzzy feeling that I could not escape even though I knew it was stupid. Because I think it's a warm, fuzzy feeling. Like, I think you're still, like, yeah, that'd be really fun if that actually happened. Right. Like, if I put myself in those shoes, like, yeah, that'd be fun. If I, like, got to sneak into a palace and nothing was going to happen to me. And have snowball fights and shoot arrows through windows and everyone's like, oh, that silly girl. Like, there is an element where you're like, yeah, that would be fun. That's cool. I wish life was like that. (laughs) Whereas I think for The Room, it's like, I could shoot that scene better. That person's a terrible actor. Interesting. That's like, I do think there's like just a difference. I think that article's interesting. I think this falls into a slightly more like wish fulfillment category than The Room does. I think The Room is like very much feeling better than somebody it's the reason it's like that for me falls into reality shows when you're like oh your life is such a mess or like those trashy talk shows your life is messier than mine so I can feel superior yeah you are not as good of a filmmaker as I think I am (laughs) so I can feel superior like superior whereas like Christmas and rom-coms is like I just wish somebody would sweep me off my feet and feed me cookies yeah it's a great movie (laughs) If you've managed to listen to this whole thing and you haven't seen it, please, for the love of God, go watch it now. Yeah, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. Will you be watching the sequels? Um, yeah, I'm curious about the baby one. I'm like, what could they possibly say about a royal birth? Is it going to be like a la Jesus born on Christmas Day? It's going to be fascinating. <laughs> Well, that's our show, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you liked it, you should rate and review and subscribe to our podcast. Yeah. And we also want to think about, think here. We don't want to think. We've been doing a lot of thinking. We would love to hear what you thought about oh, the yes. movie. Yeah. So. so if you have thoughts, go ahead and email us at theroyaltypod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at the Royalty Podcast. 